almost every week I, I laugh because I say, Mark, what do we say this week that we're going to get blocked for? Now we found out it's better to be blocked because then everyone wants to know, why'd you get blocked? And so then everyone watches your stuff. Uh, I mean, th this is crazy. You know, they, they, they say it, truth is important when they're blocked. They're blocked for one week. You know what? I bet I can live one week without hearing what they, they were going to say. Wow. We live in a day and a time that's incredible, isn't it? Or how about this widespread spread corruption? Do you know that we gave out $800 billion in PPP? And, and here's what they say. One source says at least $80 billion was taken corruptly. The FBI says $100 billion. Some of you have some of that PPP money, and you've got to give it back. I couldn't help but laugh because there was one guy, a preacher. His house, his church looked pretty small. He filed, and he got, I think, $8.4 million. He said he had 500 employees, and I think they, well, they have less than 10. And they finally caught him, and he was driving down the freeway trying to get away, and in the back seat, when they stopped him, he had a shredder and, and, and trash bags full of shredded documents. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, widespread corruption. Biggest fraud of the generation. And we've just begun, haven't we? Amidst all this, I mean, that, that's what's happened in the last seven days. But look at this. Here's another aspect of the background. Impending war. I mean, do, do you see again where... Where these people are saying, okay, uh, it's time for us to, to wipe Israel off the map. That, that's their threat, to wipe Israel off the map. That's their, that's their New Year's resolution. And, and at the same time, we're saying, can America win a new world order war? Emmanuel Macron says, we've got to have a world army. <laughs> wow, this is exactly what the Bible said. Or how about rising inflation and, and prices going up? And, and uh, I was talking to one of our students is in the Netherlands as a missionary and talked about the fact that in the Netherlands, they've actually taken about um, 3,000 farmers and they're going to put them out of business. It's the best farmland. They said, we don't need farmers anymore. Uh, unbelievable. They, they, what they're raising in terms of crops, it... it outproduces the rest of the nation and they're going to put them out of business they're going to pave it over and the suggestion is we can do synthetic food because this farming is putting too big a carbon footprint what in the world are they thinking yeah or here's one illegal drugs we had a good week last week. One and a half tons of illegal drugs that we discovered. You can get in any flavor you want. And we're not about to stop it. Here's what they say. They, they think in the year 2023 that one in every 20 homes will be affected by illegal drugs that come. Did you see the, the video of the officer that, that happened to stop the car? Got a hold of some of the money that was wrapped in it. She went into to a, a, um, a coma. Yeah, luckily they, they were able to revive her. All she did was touch the drug. 
And we're welcoming these people in? Yeah. Or, or how, how about this one? On the Temple Mount. Uh, and this is, this is just so exciting to me. Because we were just there. And, and as we walked across there and, and we talked to the, the man who's actually brought five of the red heifers in there and he's promised, wow, he says, you know, as soon as we get them in a protected place, we're going to let you come back over and you can, you can see them. And uh, uh, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that, that in the last days, the Temple Mount will be the, the place where all the conflict will be. And that's exactly what took place this last week. Even... The administration of Netanyahu, as he tries to bring it, it's all contingent on the Temple Mount. Isn't it fun to live in this exciting time? But here's where you can say, well, we can rest assured because we have a couple people. King Charles now, Mr. Schwab, another. And he says, you know, we, we, can't, we, we can't continue with our present money system. We've got to have a reset. And so what we'd like to do is we'd like to have a, a new banking system. You can trust bankers, can't you? I mean, how about a digital currency? One guy did pretty well. He made $32 billion. And then he got caught. Yeah. With all that in mind, I want to talk about God's gift. Because you see, here's, here's what I'm convinced of. God's gift, God's gifts came to meet our biggest need. So when you look at a variety of those situations, the lack of peace, illicit drugs, the lack of truth, all those things, what, what, what gifts should we have? And so let's go to Matthew chapter 1, and I want to show you the promise of God in terms of the, of the Christmas story. And let me tell you, that if you think that, wow, that's such a negative thing to, to present all this before Christmas. No, let me tell you that, that by the time we're done and you see what God has done, you're going to say, wow, what a God we have. Matthew chapter 1. And I want us to begin our reading in verse 18. There are several places where the Christmas story is recorded. This is one of them. Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was in this way. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. By the way, that sure answers the question because remember in Genesis, God promised that the solution for the problem would come through the seed of a woman. Right there. The prediction would be for a virgin birth, wouldn't it? Through the seed of a woman. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. There's our biggest need. You want to know something? Our biggest not need is not illicit drugs coming across the border. Our, our biggest need is not inflation. Our biggest need is not impending peace. Our biggest need is that we're sinners before God. And so God said, I'm going to address the biggest need. 
he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the word through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. We'll stop our reading there. Because I, I want us to, to take a look at how God addressed the biggest need. You see, in those times, the Jewish people said, you know what, if we could just have a Messiah, if we, if, if we could just have someone to, to come and to free us because we're under a, an incredible weight of the Roman Empire. We're, we're being treated poorly. We, we raise food and they steal our crops and they raise our taxes and Matter of fact, by the time we finish paying taxes, we don't have anything left. And so in their mind, their, their biggest need was to have a new king. But here's the trouble with a new king or a new president. They only last a lifetime or they only last four years. And guess what? Then we start all over again, don't we? And what God wanted to present was not an extension, but a permanent solution. And so he gave a savior, not just a new king. Or how about this? You see, it's interesting because the, the Bible clearly stated that the king, the Messiah, the one who would finally bring about Amos chapter 9. Remember all those things that God said, you know what? He said, I'm standing on the altar, I will judge sin, but I promise that I will restore and I will make glorious again. God's promise always ends with glory. God's promise always ends with life, if you accept the gift. And so he, he starts with Bethlehem, because Bethlehem was the place that the prophet said that's where this, this Messiah would come from. The solution to their need of a, of a ruler, a fair ruler, would come from Bethlehem. And so guess what God does? God drives Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. Oh, not in a limousine, <laughs> Maybe on the back of a donkey. But it's from Bethlehem where that hope would come. And it's interesting because not only is it the house of David, and remember that Joseph was of the house of David, and Mary was of the house of David, and so it only makes sense that God would say, you know what, you're, you're not going to be here in Nazareth, I've got to bring you to Bethlehem because that's where I promised I would send the, the Messiah. Aren't you glad? And, and Bethlehem also means house of bread. Jeff talked about this in the first meeting. And what's incredible is it says that, that when the baby would, would be born, that he would lay in a manger. And I know, I know what we think. We think that it's going to be a little wooden cradle and some nice... Well, the real truth is a manger was a stone manger. And so that new baby probably was flopped into one of those stone containers. What mother would do that to their child? I mean, really. Usually, when, when you're going to have a baby, you start to prepare the nursery, don't you? I was teasing Ron Pitchman. I said, okay, what color are you going to make it? <laughs> are you going to have four sections to it? Yeah, and, and well, guess what? There's, there's the, the birth bed for the king of kings. Why? Because you see, Bethlehem was the house of bread, and Jesus was the bread of life. And so isn't it fitting that, that God would say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make Mary and Joseph come to the place where I promised the Messiah would come. 
And he's going to be the bread of life. And I'm going to have the bread of life born in the house of bread. Everyone ought to know that if God's going to be the bread of life, it's going to come from the house of bread. It's going to come from Bethlehem. And that's not the only thing. Remember that Bethlehem was known not just as the house of bread because there's lots of grain fields. As a matter of fact, this last trip to Israel, we really enjoyed. We went out into what's called a shepherd's field. And, and I don't know when I've enjoyed more romping through a field and seeing all the signs. As a matter of fact, even caves that have the sign of the, of the symbol of, of Rachel. I mean, right there on the stones, and there's caves, and, and they're no doubt shepherd's caves, and there's, there's sh uh, towers, shepherd's towers, Megdali Dars, right there. And you know what's interesting? If you sit there, and you're in that field, and you look straight north, you know as you can see? It's in line, exactly in line with the Temple Mount where the sacrifice took place. Yeah, I mean, you know how you can see it? There's a golden dome, and it's right there on top. It marks the spot. Perfectly aligned. God had it exactly lined up. Wow. God doesn't overlook details, does he? And remember, to the shock of the, of the shepherds, they said, if you go there, you're going to find this baby, and he's going to be flopped in a manger. They're saying, who in the world would ever put their... You might put the baby somewhere, but you're not going to put him in the feeding trough. But he's the bread of life, so that's where you put him. And not only that, he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And, and, and they knew about swaddling clothes because, you see, the, the Bethlehem shepherds, they were special shepherds, weren't they? They were shepherds that they were raising sheep for the Passover. These Levitical shepherds... They could not have their, their sheep have a mar on them, and so they would take special rags, swaddling clothes, and they'd wrap those sheep up so that their ears didn't get banged up and their legs didn't get banged up. Because, you see, the lamb had to be perfect, otherwise it couldn't be a Passover lamb. Can't you see the shepherds? Said, they said, let's go and see this thing. I mean, first of all, who's going to give birth to a baby in a cave? Who's going to give birth to a baby and put it in a feed trough? And who's going to wrap their baby up in death clothes? Because every lamb that had those clothes on said this, they were born to die. Wow, God really marked him special, didn't he? God makes it so you can't miss the gift. And you know what? The only other time to use swaddling clothes was when you had it wrapped up a Passover lamb. And when those, those clothes were too old to be used for a Passover lamb, they would take them and they would become the death clothes. <laughs> and they would wrap up another Passover lamb. His name would be Jesus. They would wrap him in clothes. You couldn't mistake him, could you? You see, God gave a gift. And they, wanted, they would have been happy if, if God would have said, okay, I'm going to give you enough food that you can go 30 days. They wanted an extension. And God said, no, I, I'm not going to give you an extension on your food. I'm going to give you a permanent solution. Here's the bread of life. And they would have been happy if they would have just had a, a, a Passover lamb. Mary and Joseph, they, they were poor. <laughs> and he said, no, I, I'm not just going to give you a sacrifice for the next year. I'm going to give you a sacrifice that's good for eternity. You see, as a world, we want an extension, and God wants a permanent solution. And then there's another sign. And I love this one. 
Go with me now to, to the book of Luke. Remember I told you there's two places where the Christmas story is put. And this one is found in the book of Luke. We were reading in Matthew. Now we go to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 25. Oh, I think I, think I may have... Um, it should be Luke chapter 2. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And behold, there was an, a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. You know what? Simeon. Here's what we know. We, we know that he's an old man. And, and he was waiting for the consolation. He was waiting for the redemption of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now you talk about a life insurance policy. There it is. Wow. He said, Simon, he said, you're not going to die until you see this redemption come to pass. Verse 27, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. I, I don't think Simeon planned to go to the temple that day. But as I read the Bible, I think the Spirit of God urged him, saying, you know what? You're going to change your plans. You can do your Walmart shopping a little later. You're going to go to the temple today. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Wow. This man was urged by the Spirit of God. God, God was going to show him a very unique sign. He was already told that, that he was waiting for the redemption of Israel. Remember, back in Amos, Amos said, you know what? God's got a plumb line. God's got fruit that's going to depart. God's going to give a famine in the land. But he said, God's also going to give redemption and restoration. And Simeon was going to see what God promised to the prophet Amos. And so, Here's what it says. My eyes have seen the salvation of the Lord. And so, isn't it unique what Simeon did? Think about this for a minute. Because it says that when the baby, when Mary and Joseph and the baby came in, that, that here's Simeon. I don't know that Mary and Joseph knew Simeon. And Simeon goes and takes the baby. Women, would you have trusted your baby to a stranger? Can't you see this old guy? I don't have to act very much anymore. <laughs> Toddling over and saying, I want the baby. What? I want the baby. And Simeon takes that baby. And what does he do with the baby? He raises that baby up. Why? Because you see, the priest, when he took the sacrifice, 
when he took the bread that would be the sacrifice, the bread of life, when he took the lamb that would be the Passover lamb, he would raise it up so that when God would look down, he sees the lamb and not the priest. And Simeon says, he raises it up. My friend, when God looks at you, what does he see? And if you don't have the Passover lamb, if you don't have Jesus Christ, my friend, then God sees you. And one sin condemns you to hell. But thank God for the lamb. And Simeon takes that lamb. He raises it up. And God looks down. And he sees the lamb. Aren't you glad? I, I, you don't have to say amen, but I say amen. Thank you, Lord. God's gift wasn't a temporary extension. God's gift was a permanent solution. And my friend, you can have all the religion in the world. You can go to Bethel. You can go to, to this place. You can go to that synagogue. You can go wherever you want to go. But if you don't have the lamb raised up, then God's going to judge you. Because he's a holy God. And he's provided the gift. My friend, I don't know how many people on that day understood what Simeon did. But I kind of think Mary and Joseph must have said, wow. He raised our little baby up just like a, a loaf of bread. He raised him up just like a, a sacrificial lamb. And then they said, oh my. He is. For God gave him to meet the biggest need. He said, Joseph, I'm going to give him to save the people from their sins. My friend, our biggest need is not the impending war. Our biggest need is not we got invaders from the, from the border. Our biggest need is, is not that people are stealing. Our biggest need is that we're sinners. And unless we have the Lamb of God, we don't have anything at all. And so God gave the perfect gift for our biggest need. Let me ask you this. God gave a gift, but have you received it? I like ties, so this doesn't fit exactly, but sometimes when you get a tie for Christian, you're going to say, what in the world am I going to wear that with? Hmm. Or sometimes you get a... i got to be really... Sometimes you, someone makes you something, and I say, man, I don't even eat that. <laughs> but guess what? God's gift was just the right size just the right color and exactly what we needed. But the question is, will you receive it? Girls, if someone gave you a gift, would you take it? You're not sure, huh? Yeah. Well, God gave you a gift. And it was Jesus. And we need to take it. And we need to hold it up. Because guess what? 
the best one of you here. The one of you who doesn't cuss, the one of you who doesn't cheat, the one of you who doesn't even sleep in church is a sinner by your nature. And if you don't have the lamb, then God's going to see you and the judgment is sure. But if you hold up the lamb, if you receive the gift, no Simeon took that little baby, held it up. My friend, that's the message. Jesus provided the bread of life. Jesus provided the Lamb of God. Jesus provided the King of Kings, the perfect gift that we need today. Would you receive him? Would you take Jesus and would you hold him up? Father, we come to you. Thank you for the special time of the year. Father, we, we couldn't be more reminded of the, the terrible situation our world is in, the crisis on every side. And Father, some days we just like an extension, a cheaper food price, a lower gas price, a peaceful week. But Father, what you gave is not just an extension of help, but a permanent solution. Father, sometimes we have a health crisis and, and if someone could say, okay, you're going to live for another month or you're going to live for 10 more years, we'd say, wow, that, that's great, doctor. Thank you. But here's Jesus. He doesn't want to just extend our life. He wants to give us eternal life. And Father, some of us are hungry and he don't want to give us food just for this next week, but Father, he wants to give us the bread of life for all eternity. Father, I pray today that there won't be one person here that won't like the shepherds come to see this remarkable sign who would put their baby in a food trough, who would wrap their baby in, in swaddling clothes. And they would see Jesus. And they would say, wow, God has done something special. He's given us a gift. Father, thank you today for your son our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, for he really is the best gift and you've given him to us. We thank you and praise you for Christmas and for this gift. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.